Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doralstown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may have just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear a Sunday sermon along with the scripture lesson read by that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org to learn more about our church and all of our diverse ministries. Thank you for tuning in. Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark. We're reading from the fifth chapter. You can find our passage on page 39 in the New Testament portion of the Pew Bible. Those of you who are joining us online, the words will appear on the screen. It tells of a day when Jesus has already been engaged in a time of extensive healing and someone else approaches him. And a large crowd followed Jesus and pressed in on him. Now, there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, If I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Let us pray. We give thanks, O oh God, for this wondrous season, for its reminder of what you did long ago, of the promise of what is still to come. We pray that in this moment that you might open our hearts through your spirit, enabling us to hear the word that you intend. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of my favorite all-time movies is The Sound of Music. It came out almost 60 years ago and with some creative license tells the backstory to the Trapp Family Singers, an Austrian group that came to the United States shortly before the start of World War II. I haven't seen that movie in years, but I can still recall almost all the lyrics by heart. And I still hope one day to take that Sound of Music tour in Salzburg. The story is of a Catholic postulate named Maria, who is a free spirit. And early on in the film, the mother abbess takes her aside 
and tells her that she is being sent out to serve as the governess to seven children of a widowed captain named Georg von Trapp. She wants Maria to have time to figure out if really she is suited for the monastic life. And while Maria initially objects, of course she goes along with the plan. And so the next scene shows the following day as Maria is leaving the abbey. She is walking toward the home of the Von Trapp family. In one hand, she is carrying a small cloth bag with all of her belongings. And in the other hand, she's carrying her guitar. And in the imagination of Richard Rogers alone, for by that point his longtime collaborator and Doylestown native Oscar Hammerstein had died, Rogers puts into song what might have been going on in Maria's mind. As she sings, what will this day be like? I wonder. What will my future be? I wonder. I've always longed for adventure, to do the things I've never done. Now here I'm facing adventure. Then why am I so scared? She goes on to speak of what she knows is her need, namely to have courage, and begins to articulate some of the things in which she has confidence, Sunshine, rain, the return of spring. And with each step, she grows increasingly bold until the song comes to the place where she says, So let them bring on, on their problems. I'll do better than my best. I have confidence they'll put me to the test, but I'll make them see I have confidence in me. She continues along with that spirit until finally she arrives at the gate to the house, and as she looks and sees the Von Trapp mansion, to no one in particular, she says, Oh, help. <laughs> and then she opens the gate, goes inside, closes them as she begins walking down the driveway, first quietly and then ever more fervently, she says, I have confidence in confidence alone, besides which you see, I have confidence in me. And then she rings the doorbell, and the story moves ahead. Now, I suspect that recalling that song will mean that some of us will be humming that tune for a while today, but I was willing to take that chance. Because both of the scripture readings before us today describe women who articulate great confidence. And while their circumstances are certainly very different from one another, and neither of them seem to actually break out in musical accompaniment, they demonstrate what this confidence has done in their lives. Our Old Testament reading is sometimes referred to as the Song of Hannah. Hannah was the mother of Samuel, prophet of the past, who as an adult would be the one who anoints the first kings of Israel. And in this song, as we saw last week, with the song sung by Moses and the Israelites, and then 
by the disciples after the Last Supper, a millennia later. So does Hannah's song have words of great praise for God with this other quality as well. Now, to fully hear it, I want to give you some of the narrative background that we did not read that tells us more of Hannah's journey, for the path to motherhood had been a very painful one for her. For a long time, Hannah had been unable to conceive with her husband, Elkanah, and yet her husband's second wife, Peninnah, had borne him many children. The text tells us that Peninnah knew that Elkanah loved Hannah more. And likely because of that, she tormented Hannah for her inability to have children. One day, Hannah and Elkanah go to Shiloh, a place of worship, where they encounter the priest, Eli. And Hannah begins to pray quietly, but she continues to hold this great burden and tears stream down her face. And Eli sees what is going on. He accuses Hannah of being drunk. She defends herself. But as she leaves, she finds this sense of peace. For in her agonizing prayer, she told God that if only God would provide her with what she longed for, namely a son, she would dedicate that son to lifelong service of God as a Nazarite. During our summer sermon series based on the book of Judges, we were reminded that Samson was a Nazarite too. And so after this prayer has been offered, Elkanah and she return home. Soon thereafter, she conceives, and months later, she gives birth to Samuel. This song isn't spoken immediately afterwards, but a couple of years later, when we're told that Samuel has been weaned. As she says to God, My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. Hannah has celebrated, of course, the gift that Samuel has been in her life. Seems to be naming something about this struggle that she had had with Peninnah and perhaps others along the way. And rejoicing now at where she is. She goes on to say, There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. The song continues as she speaks of how God has brought out all kinds of reversals in the world, not only the birth of Samuel, but allowing the poor to become wealthy, those who are lonely to be comforted, of weapons of war being destroyed, and more. We will hear that same kind of theme repeated in a couple of weeks when we turn to the song of the young woman chosen to bear God's only son. But Hannah continues in her song of what God will yet do. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, she says, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. 
from start to finish. Her song is one of great confidence in what God has done and what God will yet do. And people of faith continue to sing such songs. One Sunday, early in my very first pastorate, we came to a time in the worship for the prayers of the people. The pattern in that congregation was for me to to announce that now we're going to move into a time of prayer, to follow it with a time of silence where individuals could, within their own hearts, name what they were carrying on that day, and then for me to offer a prayer aloud on their behalf. And so on this morning, I began, as I always did, called for the time of prayer. I moved to a time of silence, as I always did. And then just as I was about to begin speaking myself, from the back of the sanctuary, this man started singing. He had this beautiful baritone voice, and he was offering a spiritual I was tempted to look up to see who it was, but I didn't. And and so as he wound down the verse, I was ready to speak, but he wasn't finished. As he went on and continued with the second verse, and then that wound down, I thought he was about done and was about to speak, but he still had more to offer. And it was beautiful. It was moving. But I can tell you that when he finally did stop, I started speaking, and so rapidly that perhaps only God understood what I was saying in that moment. (laughs) After the service, I went up and introduced myself to him and told him how much I had enjoyed his offering that day, and then said, the next time you're going to be in town, let me know ahead of time. And I'd be happy to schedule another chance for you to share that gift with us again. At that point, he went on and began speaking to other worshipers in the service, and they started coming up to me. They they didn't know whether or not I had planned this. And so initially, their comments were kind of guarded. Someone said to me, that was really interesting. And another one said, oh, he has a lovely voice. And I agreed with both, and I said, well, I didn't know he was going to do that. And then the truth came out. As one person said to me, I, he start, when he started to sing, I was scared. I didn't know what was going on. Another one commented about how in his singing he would started low and quiet and then began to build up and said, I thought someone was getting sick. Only one person seemed disappointed to hear that I had not planned it. He said, we we need to shake things up around here. (laughs) It was an act of confidence by that man to begin singing in a congregation where very few knew him. It actually, he had married a young woman in the congregation, but they had moved away years before I had arrived. It was a bold thing to sing aloud in the silence of a sanctuary as well. And it was a gift. It was an act of confidence. As far as we know, Hannah was by herself when she spoke her words. 
And it was clearly a song of confidence, but there are other ways that people of faith show that same kind of trust in God. Our New Testament lesson points to another possibility in that. It tells of a day when Jesus has been healing and teaching on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee and then crosses the water. And when he arrives, finds there's a crowd waiting for him. And a synagogue leader comes up and tells him that his daughter is terribly ill and asks Jesus to come to their home and immediately agrees to do so. As they're walking along, a crowd is accompanying Jesus. He's been healing other people in Mark's record of his ministry to this point, and word has spread. And there is a woman in the crowd that Mark doesn't give us her name, only says that she has suffered from some kind of hemorrhage for 12 years, that she has sought medical treatment and is no better. But he gives voice to what she is thinking. As we hear her say, If I but touch his clothing, I will be made well. And so as Jesus and the crowd is moving along, as he nears, she reaches out and she just grazes his cloak. And Mark says that she is immediately healed. Jesus feels power leave his body and he stops and says, who touched me? And those ever-practical disciples say, you see all the people around you? What do you mean, who touched you? How are we supposed to know? But the young woman knows who he means, and so she comes forward, and she falls at his feet. She's afraid. And Jesus looks at her and says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be cured of your disease. As far as Mark records, she had never met Jesus before. We don't know how she had even gotten word about what he was doing through the countryside. But what we see in that moment is an act of confidence that he can make a difference. And so she reached out her hand and received what she was seeking. Certainly... Songs can convey confidence, but there are other things that one can do as well. And Hannah displays that truth too. For the most remarkable thing to me about the song that she uttered all those centuries ago is what she did just prior to it. You might have picked it up as Steve was reading the lesson for us today. Or you know what she did? This first-time mom who had the child for which she had prayed for years, she honored the promise that she had made to God. In the time of that agonizing prayer, when she had vowed that if she were to have a child, she would dedicate that child to God's service, when he was about two years old, Elkanah and Samuel and she went back to Shiloh and they found Eli. And Mark very succinctly says, in speaking of Samuel, and she left him there with the Lord. 
she left her son. She left the result of her prayer and her longing. She didn't try to negotiate with God. She didn't try to say, let's wait till he's a little bit older. No, she fulfilled what she had said she would do. And it was only then that she offered that song of confidence. Her story and that of the unnamed woman made whole by Jesus raises the possibility for me that in this season of Advent, it might also be time for each one of us to take a step that demonstrates our unwavering confidence in God, too. And the form of that response will certainly vary from one of us to the other, As for some, it might be the moment of saying it's time to stop equivocating in one's faith and commit oneself heart and soul as a follower of Jesus Christ. For someone else, it might be a time of realizing it is now the moment to resign from that job that has never been a good fit or to write a note to that family member who has been long estranged from the others. That it might be the season in which we finally let go of the hurt over something that happened years ago, or finally accept that surprising invitation leading us into an entirely different future. I can't tell you what that step might be, Nor can I promise what the outcome will, that will arise either. But what I can say is that if you find it within yourself to take that kind of step, that it's a moment in which you too are displaying your confidence in God. And that even if Your step never involves putting words to song. You will be joining your voice to that new mother of centuries gone by. For like her, you will be affirming that there is no one like our Lord. No God like our rock. Let us pray. We give thanks, O God, for all those ways that we have seen your clear and powerful love at work. We thank you for the glimpse that we have of believers of the past who also were able to act upon their confidence in you. And pray that you will reveal to us those places where we might take a similar step and move forward in a way that brings you honor and demonstrates our unbreakable confidence in you. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.